lot of new faces in. If I didn't get a chance to meet you, uh, my name is Casey, one of the pastors serving alongside you here. Uh, welcome to New City Church. We're doing all right today? Come on, man. Dude, that, that got to check your pulse if you, uh, if, you, if you ain't jazzed up after that one, man. I tell you what, Andrew, welcome to the family, brother. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Love to see what God is doing uh, in our lives and, and taking, man, just brokenness and all the different things that he's got. Man, and it's just making things whole. Um, here's what I want us to do. We've got, uh, I want you to put on your calendars, uh, Christmas Eve, it is on December 24th this year. Um, and we're going to have a service uh, on Christmas Eve, the evening of Christmas Eve. We, this is an, uh, the service we have on Christmas Eve is powerful. I have had more people comment about, they look forward to Christmas Eve just about more than anything else uh, that we do. And I, I know that sounds like, man, crazy, and I don't want to hype it up too much. But it is one of the most moving experiences you'll have uh, as a uh, as a, really a, someone who comes to church here. It is beautifully done, wonderfully done, and we're going to have that at 630. So here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to put that on your calendar as well as think about now, who can I invite to this? Because it really is one of the, one of the uh, this place will be packed. It's going to be awesome, but uh, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll and it's going to be it's going to be a wonderful time. So put that on there. Second thing is we are in a series right now called uh, "Be the Gift," and we're talking about being the gift ultimately to God, but we are to be the gift to others as well. So like it, like we're to be the light of the world, all those kinds of things. How the Holy Spirit ties into those things, and how we're supposed to be uh, remaining in in the Lord and that kind of thing. So what I'd like to do, I'd like uh, Max and Miles. Morford, if you guys will, they have what we have gift tags. They're not name tags. You don't have to put your name on them. They're gift tags. So if you if you go pass them out, pass them out, guys. Pass them out. Thank you. Thank you. Go. Well, start in the back, maybe. You know, before that'll work. Pass them. Yeah, you might want to start in the back. Just kind of pass them out for the row. Appreciate that. Um, and so yeah, so put 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 your gift tag on. Like for like this is one of I am a gift. Like ultimately to God. But I'm a gift from God to other people. And that sounds kind of weird, like, hey, I'm God's gift type of thing, you know, because we always uh, say things like that and joking around a little bit. But, man, we really are. Like, you think about this. Yes, he gave his one and only son as a gift to us for our salvation. We're to carry that gift to other people. Does that, you see what I, see what I mean on that? And so we want to make sure we're, we're doing those kinds of things, man. And, you know, for us, like, I, I, I'm in John 13, 14, 15, 16, right now uh, how many of you guys have ever used a gps of any kind or i guess as you say how many have never probably everybody has right um but uh, raise your hand if you've used a, a gps before of any kind phone on your dash anything like that uh remember the old map quest stuff you'd have to like 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 type into the computer and print it out and stuff like that and you're like on the road and you're like this is like worse than texting right like well i gotta try to try to figure out what's going on you guys remember the old maps, like the ones of fold-out maps? I don't know how we ever survived those things. A lot of us didn't wear our seat belts. We were eating, drinking coffee, and had these maps across the, like it's crazy. I mean, we had the maps drawn out. Like it was some of the times we had them highlighted and stuff. I want to show you a screenshot of, of this is a, a map from, from Google Maps, and it's the blue line from this, this location, Edgerton location, to all four of our other locations, Shawnee, Merriam, as well as Loma Vista. And it shows kind of how long it takes to do that whole entire loop. It's only an hour and 17 minutes to do that whole loop, which is interesting. But, but interestingly enough, what happens is if we get off track, right, if we get off track using our GPS, 
the GPS starts, keep that, that, that up for a little bit, John, I appreciate it. By the way, John, thank you, brother, for, for hooking us up on the slides today. Yeah, man. I love to see our amazing youth group like, like taking on service, like serving in the church. I just dig that, man. Thank you guys for doing that. But, but ultimately, if you get off your GPS, your GPS starts kind of yelling at you, doesn't it? Like, hey, you're off track. I think I should program one to say, hey, idiot, get back on the right track, right? What, what mine says a lot of times is proceed to the root. Ever heard that? Proceed to the root. Like, you are really lost, bro. Like, like I don't even know where you're at. only thing I know, you veered off the right track and you're no longer uh, anywhere near where the blue line is. Well, John 13, 14, 15, and 16, I want you guys on your own to read that. This is a, a, a really good four chapters of the Bible that teaches us and shows us how to stay on God's blue line, right? Like, I love that. Like, it says, and so it also keeps us from having to hear from God, uh, proceed to the root, proceed to the root, or you're lost, dude, <laughs> right? I wish I could get like one of those, one of those funky uh, GPS, like you could change the voice on it and stuff like that would say, bro, you need to find your way, right? Something like that, I'll be like, because it's like, God's so digital, it's so weird, like talk to me, right? But is it, you ever find yourself yelling at the GPS? I know where I'm going, right, right? Like in rebe total rebellion against the blue line, right? And so this whole idea of what's going on, John 13, 14, 15, and 16, a lot going on in John 13 and 14, right? You got the Last Supper happening. You got communion happening. You got washing of feet happening. This is right before all, like the, the, the long processional to the cross that Jesus is about, and he's about to leave his guys, and it's their last, su last supper that they're going to, to have together. And he talks about, some, like talks about the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit is going to do. Remember, was Pastor Price's message last week not thebomb.com? Holy smokes, that was beautifully done, man. You guys got an amazing pastor in Loma Vista. My Loma Vista peeps, where you at? Right? Come on. Everybody, we had, we had one of them walk in this morning, they're like, yeah! I was like, oh man, you guys are about to go crazy out there. It's so bad. But it was wonderful, right? We had one of the, had somebody, a Jim, a Jim Bunch, if you don't know Jim Bunch, Jim Bunch is a studier, he takes what we, what we preach on Sunday mornings, and he goes and studies it further on his own, he like, came up with something that he wanted to add to the message last week, and I love this, he said that the, the, when we were talking about the Holy Spirit falling, remember that, that's one of the characteristics of what the Holy Spirit does, he said that word for falling in Acts 20 is something that it really like the, one of the one of the definitions of is that it embraces it it hugs it like the Holy Spirit takes and and like 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 take, takes you in like like overcomes someone man I love that I said that's a that's an amazing thing I want to make sure I put that in there because so many times man we are misunderstanding we don't really understand the Holy Spirit but man the Holy Spirit is God and it's one that comes as a, in John fourteen twenty six what Jesus says but the Counselor. And so he's someone who is a counselor to us. The Holy Spirit, the Father will send him in my name. And he will teach you all the things and remind you of everything I have told you. See, a lot of times, this is why it's important for us to be reading our scriptures, being with the Lord, like, like on our own, so that when we're walking and, and, and we're like, oh man, what do I do, what do I do? The Holy Spirit can remind us 
of the commands of Jesus. It's one of those reasons why the Holy Spirit is around. It's to guide us and, and help us in this. So we, we, we love the, we, we adore the Father, we worship the Father through the Son by the Holy Spirit. Amen? And I love that. The fuel that powers the Holy Spirit's working in your life and my life is the relationship with Jesus Christ that is real and personal. When I hear that, and a lot of people hear that, what, what does it mean to have a personal relationship? You hear preachers say, you got to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, right? You hear that all the time. But what does that really mean? Well, we're going to talk about that today because what we ultimately want to do is stay on that blue line that God has called us to be on. He's got a direction. He's got a, got a way for us to go. We don't want to ever hear from God. Proceed to the root. John 14, 31 as they finish up the Last Supper, Jesus says, get up, let's leave this place. We're about to go on mission. We're about to, about to do what I've been called to do. And I love this, man. I love what, what God, because this is about being on mission. It's about doing the things with Jesus as we, as we move along. So many times people want to be in holy huddles and they want to hang out because it feels good and it's comfortable and all that kind of stuff. And we're called to get up. John 15, 1 through 8. This is the crux of the passage and the, the way that we get to stay on this blue line. Jesus tells his disciples as they have gotten up, as they are leaving the place that they were, he says to them, I am the true vine. Interestingly enough, notice what he says, I'm the true vine, which indicates that there are a lot of false vines we can connect ourselves to. Amen? He says, I'm the true vine. And you and my father is the vineyard keeper Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes. I want you to write in your bulletin as you take notes. And I encourage you to take notes. Like, like I want you to look at these things and I want you to be able to feel like you can, you can look these things up in yourself. And here's what I want to ask you to do. I want you to be able to, to challenge things that I say that you may not understand because you looked at the Bible and you, looked at, you studied it on your own. It says, I don't think it says that, preacher man. You have that right to do that for me. Here's what I want you to do and understand. If you are correct, I will make sure that I correct it on my own. Because I'd rather be embarrassed over saying something incorrect now than having to face Jesus later and him going, dude, what did you, what were you thinking? It was so plain. Amen? So I need you to help. Can you, is that cool? I know that sounds weird. Like, I can tell the preacher that's wild, right? Like, I want you to be able to do that. Because here's what I want you to do. As you're taking notes, I want you to write the word removes. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes. And a lot of people are like, oh, oh no, right? But listen to what he says. And he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain. Everybody say remain. Talk to me. What does remain mean? Stay. It's exactly right. Stay with me, right? Like, this isn't something you come to church on Sunday. Oh, man, I got some, I connected with Jesus. And you walk out the door, and you, you're, you're connected back to another body. It doesn't work like that. He's saying to stay with me and I in you. Just as the branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. Can any branch determine what kind of fruit is going to be made? Absolutely not. Can't, apple tree's not going to go, man, I think I'm going to make me some oranges today. Doesn't work like that. Whatever the vine, whatever the main trunk says, is got, however it's produced, right, is going to produce the fruit. 
Like I hear people all the time, I wonder what fruit means. How does that work and that kind of thing? I'm good with asking those kind of questions. But here's my, man, my biggest encouragement for us as a body of believers is to not just say, what does that mean? But, but ask God what he wants me to do. Like, how does he want me to, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you, like, understand what it means to remain here in just a second. But look at what he's actually saying, and how am I supposed to respond? Amen? You're with me, New City, right? Like, I want you to understand this. This is so critically important. It is not about finding out what it means. It's about finding out what do I do. It's about, and, and, and stepping into that response and obedience to the Lord because we love him. Check this out. I am the vine. You are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit. Because you can do a few things, right? You can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are, are burned. Now, there's all kinds of commentary about what that means, right? There's all kinds of commentary about what removes means. Well, like I'm going to explain some things in a minute. But here's the thing. If you are remaining in him and you are fruitful in him, you don't have to worry about what burned means. Amen? Isn't that amazing? Like we get so focused on, man, I wonder what that means. Does that mean, God, do I, does that mean I go to hell? Does that mean God just says, I'm not going to use you anymore? Does that mean he's going to pull me away from the Like what does that mean? I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. It's like you ain't got to worry about it. The command is to remain. And that's the most important thing we can understand. Like, we have got to think, how do I remain? What does that look like? They gather them, throw them in the fire, and they are burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my, my disciples. So kind of the who's who of this. What is this? Like, like, what is, like, there's all kinds of things going on. Jesus is the vine. God is the Father who's, who's watering, who's fertilizing, who's, who's helping the, the vine to grow. And you and me are the branches. Like we're the ones that are going to produce fruit because we're so connected. And that sap that's running through Jesus is running through us because we're connected with him. And we're not going to worry about what the fruit looks like. We're going to be remaining in him and let the fruit bear what it is. Amen? But listen to this. Verse 2, I want to go back to. I ask you to write removes in your bulletin. Because it says, every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes. And I've heard commentaries on this. Man, he's going to jack you up. He's going to cut you off from the kingdom of heaven. He's going to do all these kind of things until you actually go into the word and actually go into the original language and find out what it says look at this word it's a word called airo everybody say airo wait did you roll your r's on that i don't know if you did airo can you do that do it one more time airo ah you greek freaks i love you awesome listen to what this word airo says it means it's defined as to raise up it's defined as to raise from the ground to like in John 8, 859, when they took up stones to stone, they they rode the stones. Uh, then when you can pick up serpents in Mark 16, they rode the serpents. Or even raising a dead body. Remember the kid that was in the window as Paul was speaking and, t and talking and that kind of thing, and he fell asleep, fell to the ground, died? They rode him, right? Much like some of you fall asleep when I speak. Come, me and Paul have a lot in common, right? I love that. <laughs> 
But let me read this again, because there are some, some applications to being cut off. But the first definition of this word is to, to raise up. And so let me read it again real quick, because verse 2, every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he lifts up. Fine dressers, when a, a, a branch is not producing fruit, a lot of times it may be laying in the ground. It may be so close to the ground that it's just laying in the ground, not getting nutrients, not getting, it's getting, got a lot of dirt on it, not getting sun, that kind of thing. He lifts us up, cleans us off, ties us up so that we can get the nourishment that we need so that we can produce the fruit. So many times people say, I'm in the muck and the mire of the world and I'm in sin, I'm in this, and God can't do anything with me, man. He can lift you up. Wow. I want to be lifted up. There is no sin, my brothers and sisters, that he cannot lift you up from. If the world says, oh, he'll never, that's too much, that's too, you're too far gone. Not for God. And I'm going to tell you something else. In 100 years, nobody's going to remember a lot of us anyway. But we're going to be remembered by our Father. We're going to be remembered by Christ. And the things we've got to go through right now, man, it's, it's, it's temporary. Yes, we know what we've done. Yes, we know we have fallen. Yes, we know we have been in that mud. But he's going to clean me and you off if we let him, if we remain in him. Amen? Powerful. That's the kind of God we serve. It's not, the, it's not the, yes, do we fear God and his power? Yeah, absolutely, but it's an all fear. It's not, oh, God, I know you're going to kill me, man. If we let him embrace us, if we let his Holy Spirit clutch us, surround us, and hug us, it is an amazing thing. You guys know my buddy, um, Dan Sutherland, who is formerly at Westside Family Church, one of the, one of the churches that planted us and helped us to to start he's actually starting a new church in west shawnee he wrote a book a little while back called chair time and in it as like it's a great way to stay remaining in the lord it's a great way to explain the ways that we can we can stay with the lord and and, and be in him and him and us again chair time by dan sutherland i i don't see a lot of people writing that down write it down like seriously that is a great great book to read when it says how do i do this people ask you how do i remain Chair Time is a great book, biblically, biblically based book that, that Dan wrote. Wonderful thing. But here's what he here's basically the, the summary of some of it. First thing we do, we we'll, we call it the wow now and how. First thing we do is say, wow. Like you sit with God, and if you're not like absolutely going, Wow, God, you're amazing. You're so incredible. You're so powerful. You're so wonderful. You're so like that's an important piece of worship, right? Second thing is we say, now, now what? Right? Now what do you want me to do, God? How do you want me to, 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 to what do you want, what, are, what steps do you want me to take? So we've praised him, we've, deservedly so. Well, now what do you want me to do, God? And then we ask the final question, how? How do you want me to respond? And this is, what I, this is, more, this is a, a critical piece of this. When you ask God, how do you want me to respond? I want you to shut the hamburger hole for a second. And I want you to open up the two pieces of cartilage on the side of your noggin. And I want you to listen to God. Close the 
close the voice box for a second. Let me tell you something. The person in the room that knows the most ought to be doing the most talking. And we can sit there and go, God, you're great. God, you're amazing. Now what do you want me to do? How do you want me to do it? I don't understand. God, I'm not hearing from you yet. You know, all that kind of stuff. God's just probably just sitting there going, dude, if you will just clam up for a sec, I'll let you know what to do. Amen? The hardest thing to do for a Christian, I think, is to sit in silence because we are inundated with all kinds of things, all kinds of things grabbing our attention, that kind of thing. It's like, it's hard for a lot of us. Guys, I haven't got this figured out all the way yet, but I am better at this than I was a year ago. I pray that I'm better tomorrow than I am today at this. And so do you. We're not going to get there all the way until we get there. It is a lifetime of, of learning. Wow, now and how. Here's one of the things that we want us to do. Back in the back, we've got some books that we're going to be... Um, starting in january officially but their books called believe and it's some foundational things that we're going to be looking at who is god these are great questions that even longtime christians sometimes have a hard time of of answering what does it mean to be saved well, who is the holy spirit how am i supposed to respond it's a 30-week series we actually on wednesdays are going to be going in di- like what's called diving deeper we don't we do that on wednesday nights at 6 30 guys if you want to know more about this it is impossible to to actually, because some of you guys have got questions. You're actually writing questions down now. Like, like, come on Wednesday nights and check that out. Ask the questions. Like, like let's have a dialogue about some of the things that we can do. Because when I'm, you know, sometimes people are like, hey, when I was with, you know, I was with, in my chair, like, like, had a quiet time, whatnot. Like, it just, like, blew it or whatnot. I don't understand how to, how to do this. And one of the things we want us to do, we're going to be starting something in our homes. And I would love for some of you that are, that are leading in, in, our, in our church to be thinking about how can I open up my home to have a believe group. So it's a, cause we got, you know, firesides that are going on on Wednesday nights. We've got the diving deeper that are going on Wednesday nights. We've got other people that are meeting in homes. Man, open up your, open up your uh, homes if you're, if, you're, if you're able to. But also we've got these books back in the back. They're $10 a piece. And so like it's uh, the believe, like hardcover book. We've got the study guide that goes with it. We've got stuff for students. We've got stuff for kids. The cool thing about this is that you as a family can go along together with us as a church overall, having, this, like having the same discussions about what we're studying. Like it's an amazing thing. And when you get together, you actually are on the same page. So we're going to go through the same thing in Kids City that we're going through up here, that we're going through in our, all of our groups. Is that not cool? It's awesome. It's amazing. If the branch, though, doesn't remain attached to the vine two things can happen the branch won't have any fruit on it and the branch gets burned up and i know that there are a lot of explanations and commentaries about what those things mean but ultimately if you're remaining you ain't got to worry about it right is that cool let me finish this chapter and then we'll do some we'll have time for communion i want to express to you a little bit too about what communion is but listen to this as the father has loved me i have also loved you Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have spoken these things to you so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. This is my command. Love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, that someone would lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you slaves anymore. Because a slave doesn't know what his master is doing. I have called you friends. 
because I have made known to you everything I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. Now, I was the heavy set, unathletic kid growing up. I always got picked last for kickball. It was awesome to get chosen. When somebody said, hey, I'll take you, I'm like, ahead of these guys? Awesome, amazing. Think about that. I chose, Jesus says, I chose you. I appointed you that you should go out and produce fruit and that your fruit should remain so that your father, so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he will give you. This is what I command you. Love one another. If the world hates you, understand that it hated me before it hated you. And if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. However, because you are not of the world, but, but because you are, you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of it, the world hates you. It's the way it goes. Lost my place. Where am I at? Ah, 20. Remember the word, the word I spoke to you. A slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But they will do all these things to you on the account of my name because they don't know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have sin. Now they have no excuse for their sin. The one who hates me also hates my father. If they reject you, they're not rejecting you. Amen? They're rejecting God. But this happens so that the statement written in their scripture might be fulfilled. They hated me for no reason, which is one of the Psalms. When the counselor comes, he's going to wrap it back up with the Holy Spirit. The one I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me. You also will testify because you have been with me from the beginning. And everybody in the house said, Amen. All right, so here's the thing. This is not complicated. It's really simple. And it can be really a challenging thing because it goes against everything that comes to us naturally. Loving one another and all those kinds of things. Like that, like the fruit of those kinds. Like it's crazy how difficult it can be to fight against what comes naturally. And so here's what I want us to do. As I said before, we're going to talk about communion and we're going to actually take communion together here. Now, these are gluten-free crackers that represent the body of the Lord that was broken for us. The juice that we have represents the blood that was shed for us, for you and for me, uh, so that we have not something that we don't have to do, we get to do. We get to be baptized. We get to, to serve. We get to do the different things that he's called us to do in our church. And it's an amazing, beautiful, wonderful thing. But I want us to be like checking ourselves for a second. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to take communion together. And as we take communion, we're dismissed. It's a little bit different, a little bit odd. And we switched our services around a little bit. But the scriptures talk about the fact that we're not to take communion in an unworthy manner. I want us to check our hearts prior to taking communion. Don't feel the pressure. And by the way, if you're not a Christian, don't feel the pressure of having to make it look like a, you know, don't. This is not, this is, we want us as believers to take communion together. But here's also the other thing. If you're a believer in the Lord and there's something that you have not resolved with a brother, don't take it. Don't take it. Go, or a sister, 
Go and resolve that and come back. We can hang out for the third service if you want to, if you need to go resolve it. If there's bitterness, if there's, there's discouragement, if there's, and I'm not just talking about like, like just discouragement over life. I'm talking about sinful, critical spirit, anything like that. Check your heart. Ask God to enter your, like consume you, give you that hug, give you that consumption that we were talking about. Like to enter that place that replaces those things that are keeping you from true intimate fellowship with God. So let me pray for us. And all we got to do is just walk up, grab the, the juice, grab the crackers, and we're dismissed. Father, we love you. And we thank you for this. We thank you for the opportunity to have communion with you and one another. But Lord, we ask that you examine our hearts. Show us what we're supposed to do. Show us what we're like. Like, give us that that direction, God. Give us a vision. Give us your purpose, man. Make it clear, God, and may you make us have us respond accordingly to your call. In your Son's name, that we pray. Everybody said.